0: Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything, Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, lovely people? It is Friday, Fridays with Derek the Kid. This is All Steelers Talk. I'm your host, Nostrak. i joined every Friday with my boy Derek Bell out in uh, Louisville. Did I say that right? Louisiana? No, Louisville. I always get those two confused. It's Friday. It's week six. The Pittsburgh Steelers host the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday Night Football. No Russell Wilson, no Chris Carsons, no Trey Flowers. Seattle Seahawks got a bunch of people that nobody heard of, but we're going to talk about every single one of them. Don't you worry. Meanwhile, the Pittsburgh Steelers get Chase Claypool. They get James Washington back. It's a healthy week for Pittsburgh. But before we start anything... We want to talk about a little uh, little giveaway that we're doing here. And, you know, while people jump on, while people join, we lost Derek here. Derek left. Where did Derek go? Well, apparently we're not doing the Jersey giveaway just yet. Derek uh, seems to have logged off. He's logging back on now. We lost Derek for a sec. I don't know what was going on there. Are you still there?
1: I don't know what's going on with my audio.
0: <laughs> Can you not hear me? I don't think you can hear me. Me and Derek talked before this show. I fixed it. I fixed it. it. Okay, we're good. We talked about for about 35 to 40 minutes before this show. Had zero problems. The second that we hit record, everything goes to mayhem.
1: My Mac Mac just like shut down on me. I don't know what's going on.
0: It's all right. We'll figure it out. It's 4 o'clock. It's Friday. Friday with Derek the Kid, if you didn't hear me the first time. The Pittsburgh Steelers host the Seattle Seahawks Sunday night football. Before we do anything, anywhere... We got big news. We're giving away a jersey. I'm super excited about this. I've been excited about this. I said this the other day. Not only did we get a phenomenal Friday show added to the All-Steelers lineup, but my boy Derek came in here said, yo, bro, let me buy a jersey to give away on the show. And literally within 15 minutes, there was a tweet up. They're like, hey, retweet this. You can win a jersey. Stud move. Much appreciated from me, from Donnie, from everybody else. We're going to give away a uh, Minka Fitzpatrick jersey here, right here on the show, signed. All you had to do, you had to go in, you had to follow Derek, you had to retweet the tweet, obviously, and then you had to make sure you subscribed to all Steelers talk on YouTube, a signed Minka Fitzpatrick jersey, who, I want to just say real quick, had a pretty good game the other day. Am I right on saying that?
1: Yeah. I mean, he had a really good second half. I thought
0: real good, and I, I think a week ago we were talking about how not so much Mika was doing a little bit too much. We weren't a big fan of it. We're gonna let a couple of people jump in here, though. We're gonna jump into a Twitter a Twitter picker. Excuse me. We've never done this before, but I'm a little excited to see how it goes.
1: Yeah, it's my first time giving away something like using that. So
0: yeah, so I, I think we just hit. I think we just hit the draw here. You want to give me like, a, you want to do a drum roll? Like a we? drum roll? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got 188 people that are in the entry. 500, we have about 520 people, I think, on YouTube. So 188 of them jumped in there, completed everything we needed to complete. Should we give it a go?
1: Let's do it. Let's, let's do won.
0: it. Let's see who won the jersey. Dad,
1: Chad. <laughs> <laughs> oh god he's probably not gonna let me give away the jersey to him. So that's <laughs> yeah. that's another funny thing. Nah, Chad's Chad's the homie though. If you, is... know, if you guys don't already know, like Chad has his own podcast on and, and that thing is awesome. The Mad Chad Netty that show that's, that's fantastic Stealer stuff. Uh yep. pins too, if y'all are into that sort of thing. That's pretty yes, that's sir. pretty funny that he
0: won. Is that part of the big DK yeah combine thing? He's yeah. part of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So shout out uh dad chat here, the Mad Chat show. That's um, you know, maybe maybe around four and is a little right here, maybe a little rigged. Maybe uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe Derek knew all along that his boy why, look, is look, let, win it.
1: this is why I let Noah do it. That way I can't be accused of anything, me giving it you know. Was it me? It's a, Blame Noah. All right. That's the easy yeah. Thing
0: yeah, that's what everybody says all the time. It's always just I know I'll take that heat. Congrats to Chad. We'll get uh, we'll reach out to you on Twitter. Make sure that that gets shipped out. I'm sure that you know we have those connections. Let's talk some Steelers football. Week six, two and three, heading into the bye week. Me and Donnie talked all day yesterday about how is this a swing game? Well, if it's not, it's super disappointing. Super disappointing. Yeah. the Seattle Seahawks have literally no one. On offense, they're done. It's DK Metcalf who has a foot injury for the last two weeks. Tyler Lockett, who you know he runs seventy-five yards in about three seconds, but with Geno Smith that quarterback, maybe he's not going to get him the ball in time. Trey Flowers was traded or cut what four days ago, five days ago. Yeah, it's, it's always like, good. It's
1: Whenever a, you're cutting your starting corner, that's usually a good thing, right? Yeah,
0: it's a it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of roster movement for Week Six of the NFL season. And all on top of that, Russell Wilson is a no-go. I want to ask you first, and yes, Derek Shirk does say different. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you first, when you look at this Geno Smith offense and what you saw in a short sample size from last Thursday night, do you see anything different? Is there anything in Seattle that says you know they're going to adjust? Or is this a regular Seattle's offense minus their most important piece?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're gonna see like most of the same stuff, they're gonna try to keep it as similar as possible. Um, you know, this is this is a new. They do have a new offensive coordinator this year. They let go of uh, Shadi after the season last year, after they kind of like fell apart a little bit the last eight games of the season. Russell Wilson wasn't nearly as effective. Um,
0: he was just playing this time for that. He yeah,
1: But yeah. Um, but I think you're going to see, like, they're going to try, gonna try to keep it the same. The problem is the pieces around him, like Chris Carson hasn't practiced all week, so who knows if he's going to go. Uh, I think we're going to see some Alex Collins, which Steelers are really familiar with him already. Mike Tomlin mentioned that in his presser this week from Baltimore. Um, the big key is just sl- being able to slow down their two receivers. I mean, they have arguably the top wide receiver tandem in the league. DK Metcalf, everybody knows about him. Like, he's that big field-stretching receiver. uh, Pretty good after the catch, too. And then they got Tyler Lockett, who, you know, he's been one of the more underrated guys in the league for a long time. So um, it's really just a challenge of shutting those two guys down. Um, If you do that, I think they've got a good shot at winning the game for sure.
0: You said coming into it, so the Steelers start to run – they're starting to mess around with their defense a little bit. Uh, shout out to Alan Saunders, who uh, labeled their reverse dime. I don't know if you noticed that they started running a reverse dime. It's yeah. called the torch. We're going to patent pendant that. It's, a, it's nice. the torch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not officially, but shout out to Saunders. Um, with that, you know, it, there will be move around. And you'll likely kind of see them try to lock up guys that they believe obviously, obviously can lock up with DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett, which are very, that's very difficult to do. I'm not putting Joe Hayden on Tyler Lockett and saying, yo, go ahead, chase him down, bro. I'm also not putting, you know, Arthur Millette on DK Metcalf and saying, go jump ball. It's not going to happen. Right. You pointed out that Metcalf plays a lot on the left side. Why is that an issue? Why should people be a little concerned about that?
1: Yeah, so, so Metcalf really only, they don't rotate their receivers. So Lockett's always on the right side. Metcalf's always on the left side. Um, now, they both of those guys will go into the slot, but the the reason why that's important is because they're in 11 personnel, like three receiver sets, you know, the league in general is in that personnel like 60, 65% of the time. Um, and so are the Seahawks. So when they go to that, it's going to mean that the Steelers are going to counter with their nickel and dime, which means we're going to see James Pierre who's given up two long touchdowns in the past three weeks on the same side that Metcalf usually lines up on. So that's why that's kind of notable. And, you know, Pierre, like you guys have probably seen, like Hayden plays a lot of off coverage and Pierre likes to get get up in the receiver's face to use his length because he's a bigger corner. Um, The problem with Metcalf is like if you make one bad jam or you, you know, are late to flip your hips or something like that, He's probably already scored. <laughs> so yeah. um, there just is no room for error, like with a guy like that. And if you remember, too, like speaking of him going into the slot, his first career touchdown was against the Steelers in 2019. And they moved him into the slot. I think they were an empty. And then they had Terrell Edmonds on him. And he just, I mean, Edmonds is a really good athlete for safety. Yeah. Move right by him and then caught a fade at the corner of the end zone. So um,
0: what worries me with that is, uh, Pierre, like you said, if you if you get a bad bump on him, Metcalf's gone. Pierre loves to play up on that line. You watch the film, and yeah. Pierre loves to get that because he's lengthy. He's got those real long arms. He's able to jam you up and try to run with you because he is pretty quick. Nobody's as fast as DK Metcalf. That's that's a little concerning. I, the I think if there is hope that comes from that, it's that Keith Butler pointed this out. The problem with Pierre letting things go over the top is not his inability to stay with receivers or his instinct, and he's just, you know, missing routes or going too far inside when he should be outside. It's the fact that he's looking back too early. He doesn't have that that natch to just watch the wide receiver and wait till the wide receiver turns around. He turns around, which obviously slows your body down. Next thing you know, you get a step on it. It's not like these guys are getting burnt. I mean, Cortland Sutton should never beat James Pierre in a deep ball ever. And I don't think he would have if Pierre was six or seven more games into his career and yeah. was able to watch his eyes instead of the quarterback.
1: And, like, some of the things, like, if you look at the Sutton touchdown, too, the Steelers were trying to disguise coverages, which, I mean, you have to do that. Um, but they were trying to disguise that coverage. And they, as soon as they, at the snap, they rolled Minka down. They were playing cover one as, and, like, were using Minka as a robber. And then Edmonds, he's coming from the far hash. And as soon as they rotated those safeties, like Teddy literally split second to the right. And then he knew that he is launching that thing to the left side. It's just like one of those things where you've got a guy that's making his, you know, he's only played in six career games. And if he's on your number one receiver with no safety help over top, you're going to take that shot, you know, especially around that like 40, 50 yard line. Um, like we've seen with the Jamar Chase touchdown, the Sutton touchdown too, like those are shot plays. Like NFL coordinators, when they get around that, like, field position, they want to take shots, and uh, you just got to be aware of that. So I think they just definitely need to be mindful of, like, the help that they're giving both of them. I would like to Mm -hmm. see them play a lot of two high safeties this week too and just force Seattle to run the ball. If they start gashing the Steelers defense, you know, up the middle or on the ground, like then, you know, start mix, mixing some stuff up. But
0: I think that when it comes to the secondary, they're going to get a little boost. I have a, I have a feeling, a hunch, one would say, that Carl Joseph gets to play in a second game this season because I just think that they want all the secondary help they can get. I also think that he's a much better defender than Miles Killebrew, even if he's not as good as special teams. Mm-hmm. So they'll have options. Do you think that that's like a Trey Norwood possibility to go deep? You think that's an Edmonds job?
1: I think. I mean, they they were using Norwood a lot, um, kind of in those dime packages that you talked about. They were using Norwood a lot to rotate in the deep middle, and then bring in um, both Minka and Edmonds kind of underneath in those hook to curl zones. So I think they're just trying to be. Because the Steelers are putting a lot of zone coverage right now. I think it's just a personnel thing. They don't trust. They don't have the corners, and they don't have the trust in their corners to, you know, be a really man-heavy team. So I think they're just really trying to do their best at disguising looks, um, shuffling some pieces around. And Cam Sutton's a big part of that, too. Like, we've seen him, you know, play deep safety, play deep middle. Um so having guys that are versatile like him and Norwood, and then you know, good safeties like Edmonds and Fitzpatrick, that lets you do some creative stuff to kind of protect your corners. So
0: here's my here's my only worry with that. And, Cause I, I have a little bit more faith in Norwood than I think pay, most people do. And I, you know, Edmonds, I've been an Edmonds guy for a while. Um, Arthur Millette has kind of grown on me too, which I think, you know, needs to get some recognition. Arthur Millette played yeah. well the last he was two weeks. Very
1: good, very good Sunday.
0: Yeah, very good. Robert Spillane being in this torch defense worries me beyond all belief against the Seahawks because, it, like you said, they put both of those guys in the slot. The Steelers have been always have always been known to not rotate anyone in there. It's just here you go, bro. That's you. If it's yeah, it, somehow, you know it always ends up either being T.J. Watt or Robert Spillane on a slot receiver that they should be nowhere near which is dangerous with a Jarvis Landry with a DK Metcalf you might as well just hand them six points pack it up yeah pack it up it's over you can't do that and he seemed to be the only guy that played in that torch defense that's a huge huge worry
1: yeah I, it'll be it'll be interesting to see like what they do with that personnel wise but i i hope that um i hope that Sutton's able to kind of See Metcalf a lot on Sunday because I do worry a little bit about you know them living leaving Pierre like on an island or anything like that with them. So, you know, I will say that Keith Butler's done a really good job of like shutting down the opposing team's best weapon too. Like you look at True. what they did to stefan Diggs in Week One. You know they did a really good job containing Darren Waller. Did a really good job containing Noah Fant, even though last week,
0: yeah, I he mean, played Mar- a lot of block.
1: Yeah, the Broncos kind of contain Noah Fan on their own by, yeah. you know, making him chip and stuff on TJ. So, but overall, they've done a good job preventing the other team's best player from beating them. I hope that that stays the same this week with Metcalf.
0: So the Steelers lost Juju. Obviously, terrible, terrible news. Um, and we're gonna get into how to how to replace them. But just to stick with the sea C- the Seahawks and what the Seahawks could expect. They can't expect much on defense right now. Their cornerbacks are J.R. Reed, who I believe is a second year guy, right?
1: Yeah. He's a young dude.
0: He's a young dude. And then Sidney Jones, who is now the starter who just got named the starter five days ago because they cut their starter Trey flowers. In my opinion, and we were talking a little bit about this earlier, Sidney Jones plays a lot better in the slot than he does on the outside. The Steelers just lost their slot guy, which means that they're going to rely very heavily on Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson, which who are outside guys. How big of an advantage is that to the Steelers? In my opinion, I mean, that opens everything wide up. You, you want to talk about a week to lose Juju? It's this one. Yeah.
1: The the Seahawks secondary is an absolute disaster right now. I mean, they're just not playing. Like, I think Quanjay Diggs has been, been a solid player as a safety for a long time. But he can't be, like, your most consistent player like they've had this so far this year. Like, Jamal Adams, he's been lost in coverage. He's just not really that great of a cover guy. Um, and in their corners, like, I think reed has been better than, like, Flowers was or, um, you know, Jones has been. But still, like, I think if you're Ben, like, you've got to love your matchups. Like, if, if you get a one-on-one with Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool early in the game on Sydney Jones – I'm not saying that Deontay's gonna catch another bomb in the first, you know, drive of the game. But
0: if I, you're a bad guy, that's two for two. It you wouldn't know, be a bad guy
1: because I just, I just really don't think uh, Sidney Jones can cover him, man. I think we're he's gonna need a lot of thoughts and prayers if that ends up being the matchup. So the Steelers have a big advantage, even without Juju, uh, have a big advantage in terms of like weapons um, on Sunday for sure.
0: Let me ask you your opinion on Jamal Adams because you mentioned that he gets a little lost in coverage. I'm not a Jamal Adams guy. Never been a Jamal Adams guy. I think that he's a fantastic and fantastic hybrid linebacker. Very good at blitzing. Terrible at playing safety. And he's this number six pick in the draft like four years ago. And we just signed a major contract. What are your thoughts on Jamal Adams? Because I just gave you mine. They're not good.
1: Yeah. I mean, Adams is a – I think it, Adams can be a really good – but also a really limited player in the same kind of capacity like Adams is limited in what he can give you in coverage. He's, you know, not really a guy that you want manned up on anybody. And he's also not really doesn't really possess, you know, great zone instincts either. So um, what they kind of ask him to do is a lot of like playing in the box and stuff like that. And all that's great. Like he, he's a, he's a really good blitzer and like he he'll, he'll win on, Uh, tight ends and he'll win on running backs when those opportunities kind of present themselves. But um, you mentioned that he's kind of just like an undersized linebacker is what he is. So like basically what he is, you know, and that's the thing too. Like I I think we saw Matt Canada kind of get really creative about the ways that he was using chase Claypool last week. We saw him in the slide a little bit. Uh, There were plays designed that were strictly for chase. I think, If I was Matt Canada, I would be trying to get like one or two of those shots in the slot or maybe I could get him matched up with Adams to take advantage. Because like Adams is not a guy that you're really going to trust in coverage. And if they can kind of exploit that, they could they could get a big play um, out of that, I think.
0: Yeah, there's no way that Jamal Adams is playing Chase Claypool and coming out of that successful. There's no way. But that that's I want to ask you about that. The slot receiver Chase Claypool, I feel like was the hottest name of the week. And every single person that I talked to and the rest of the media talked to just said, like, no, Chase isn't. uh, He's not a slot guy. He's an outside guy. Like, okay, so Ray Ray's the slot guy. Pat Fryer mutes the slot guy. We're talking about Zach Gentry right now. Uh, What are the Steelers options? If it's not Chase Claypool, who, in my opinion, made the most sense, even though you do have to keep him outside. It's probably not gonna be Deontay. Who do you see playing that slot role? Is this this is about to be yeah. a, a Ray Ray McLeod week?
1: I think it seems like when Gigi's been like in and out a little bit in the in the couple weeks that he's been banged up, like it seems like Ray Ray's gotten that first shot. And Ray Ray surprised me a little bit, man. Like he he's a lot better of a route runner this year, I feel like, than he was last year. Um but I'm not sure that he's gonna be able to stick that job necessarily either. I think it's gonna be just a committee thing. I think when you listen to Ben's uh, comments this week about it, there is no re- replacing Juju. But um, I oh, think yeah. you might see it might open up some stuff for like Eric Ebron or Pat Fryer Um, but I do think that it would be a really good idea to at least rotate Chase in there from time to time. And that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a significant number of snaps because they do need Chase, um, to do some things on the outside as well. But, um, you look at, you know, some of his big plays when he was in college at Notre Dame, like he made a lot of really good plays over the middle of the field, um, running past safeties and like that's those are matchups that are just really advantageous for him as opposed to like being on the boundary all the time where there's better athletes out there that can actually run with him. You get him in the slot, you can use his size, you can use his speed from in there. You saw when they were in 12 personnel um, on his slant, like they had Von Miller on him. Like those are the types of things that you can do when you move, when you move a guy in the slot, you can get him on a a smaller slot corner. You can get him on a safety and Chase is going to win those matchups. So I just, I don't know. I think it'll be a committee thing. Maybe Anthony Miller gets brought up after the bye or something like that. But I think it'll be a committee thing. We'll just have to see kind of how it plays out. But um, I do think that they should rotate Chase in there um, a good amount.
0: Two things. One, Chase Claypool was actually believed to be a tight end coming into the NFL because of that reason, because of how well he played over the middle. Also, for some reason, people were like, oh, he's not fast. And then he pulled off a 4-3-40. People were like, yeah. oh. Blue. Yeah, no, he's kind of fast. He's kind of fast. Um, But he was uh, – I remember seeing a lot of people say Chase Claypool might be a tight end in the NFL because of how well he works over the middle, and I agree with that. To Anthony Miller. Look, it, I don't know what I was expecting, but every time I envisioned Anthony Miller, even though I knew people compared him to Antonio Brown coming into the NFL, was a big guy. Just like a super tall, like six-four dude. Real physical. This guy is shorter than me. Showed yeah. up at practice, and yeah. I was just like, Yo, who's the little dude running around? They're like, Oh, it's Anthony Miller. I'm like, what? They <laughs> had no idea. No idea. I think he's an option, but I do think he has to get adjusted. Um, you know, without saying too much, I, I do think he needs to get adjusted. Um, cool. I what about Deontay? I, I kind of like Deontay in the slot. I love Deontay outside, but his rookie year, he played well when he had those inside moves. He's shifty enough. It's just a matter of, like, Chase is a guy that you could put him inside and you could expect him to beat pretty much everybody in there. Deontay's a guy that if you put him on the outside and you put the ball in his hands, he can make something happen in that open space. You don't get that open space in the middle of the field. Do you you see him playing a big role there?
1: See, the thing with Deontay, like a lot of his, like almost all of his drops, you know, last year, came like in the short, underneath mm-hmm. over the middle area of the field. And I just think some of that obviously it was confidence related, but you know, it was clearly a mental thing with him too. Um, but I just think like when you're asking a guy that's 175, 180 pounds soaking wet to go over the middle where he's going to be getting contacted by linebackers that, you know, have 50, 60 pounds on, and that's just a lot to ask for a guy like that. But you mentioned it too, like, Deontay on the outside right now I mean I they the Steelers really haven't played anybody that I'm like worried about his matchup like I I think that he's a pretty good matchup really for anybody um Mm -hmm. he's won his matchup every week that he's been healthy so um there was even a couple times that honestly the Steelers are really run heavy and they did a lot of RPOs and things like that but Deontay was open a couple more times than he got the ball last week. He only had two catches. He had a third one wiped out because of a penalty on Kendrick Green. But he's, like, he's really coming into his own. And, like, he's the only guy that they really have for that X receiver spot. Like, yeah. Jones Washington can't really do the route running things that he can. Uh, Claypool can do it a little bit better. But um, I think Deontay just probably better suited for kind of just staying outside for right now.
0: The the size thing gets me because people don't want to put Deontay in the middle because he's 175 pounds, but Ray Ray's Ray is he's 170, and Anthony Miller might be 185. Yeah. So Chase is the only big body. I mean James, I guess you could put James is not. I don't know. James is like a weird. Like to me, like James feels like it takes four steps for him to stop and change yeah. directions, which is fine when uh, his only job is to run deep routes, but. It's not good on the inside. I think he's kind yeah. of like the forgotten guy here. Like I still don't think he mixes into this offense as well as everybody believes yeah. that he does.
1: That's the thing is if you don't use, if you don't use chase it, like if they really do want to exclusively keep him outside, like how much more time does that really open for James Washington? Like, I don't think any, I think know, this like, is
0: a Ray Ray and same. Cody white situation. Right. Yeah, now. Yeah.
1: He's still just going to be kind of rotating in with um, the other receivers, which is fine. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they play it out. I mean, I think it's – like like I said, I think it's going to be like a mix and match thing. I don't know. And I don't know how good that is either for them because they've looked a little bit out of sync. Like it seems like the more that they change personnel, just like the rockier the offense kind of has seemed. Last week was a little bit better, but um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't know. It's going to be tough to replace Juju just because all of their receivers, you know, they just – it, it's a weird kind of bunch where they just don't have a really easy replacement for him. Like Ray Ray is definitely a slot guy and he's quick and shifty, but he's not that type of like physical guy that's going to make those plays after the catch. to you know, run somebody over and get a third, get a third down conversion for you. So,
0: yeah, they're missing that completely. I don't know if that exists on the roster. I don't know if it will exist on the roster. Yeah. Let's get into predictions. I, before you even pick your winner, first off, the spread five and a half. Over under forty two and a half. This is a heavy Steelers gonna score a bunch of points game because there's no way the Seattle Seahawks hit twenty one points this week. Zero chance. Yeah. Here's my first. Here's my first prediction because I've asked a lot of people this and everybody's like, "Oh, that's come on, no way." I'm gonna toss a little, maybe a little hot take out there. I think this is Cody White's first touchdown. I want your over under. Okay. Say let's let's say Cody White two two and a half catches over under. Over under, does he find the end zone? Is this the week Cody White welcomes himself to Steelers Nation?
1: Mm. Yeah, I'll right. say no. I'll say no just to be contrarian because I know you're going yes. So I'll say no <laughs> if he doesn't. But I am going, yes. But, dude, I I will say we need to give some props to Cody White and Ray Ray for the run blocking last week. Dude, they they were absolutely getting after it in the run game. And that's awesome to see. Like, you you look at the – like, we didn't talk much about the run game, but, you know, they were fantastic last week. And if you're going to bust off some of those explosive runs, you're going to need good receiver blocking. That's something that Juju's kind of done at a pretty high level when he's been here too. So that's a way that I think – you know that those guys can keep getting on the field. If you're going to go out there and you know go out there and give it a- give it your all on the ground, that's that's a that's a big difference.
0: Plus, um, you can't forget that Ben's like fourth should have been interception. Ray Ray yeah. smoked that outside linebacker. Yeah, smoked.
1: man, they had something too. That 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 play was wide open. If that, I don't know what. I'm I'm not really sure what Dotson was doing right there. He was just kind of like sagging off, and the defender wasn't even. Clearly rushing the passer. He made no attempt to like block him at all.
0: Mm-mm. So
1: very no, I was just waiting for it. It was
0: a weird play. I do, but shout out Ray Ray because that was oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Whew, Big play. I would have got up and I would my shoulder would have been smoked. Yeah. All right. Over under 42 and a half. The spread is a five and a half point favorite towards the Steelers. What do you see happening? Sunday night football, Steelers hosting the Seahawks. All
1: right. I got over on 42 and a half. I think we're going to see some fireworks. Ooh. Only because I have this re- really weird bad feeling that Metcalf is going to catch a long touchdown. I think Seattle's going to get like maybe some garbage time points at the end of the game. Like I think a touchdown just, garbage
0: can point. I'll let you keep yes. on. you I'll answer. Here's the thing, Andrew.
1: too. I I just I really like the Steelers matchups as far as their receivers against Seattle's corners. So I think Ben's going to throw a couple touchdowns. I think they're going to put, you know, 27, you know, 27, 28 points on the board. I like the over for 42 and a half. And then I also like the Steelers to cover. I think the Steelers win by seven. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say like 20,
0: I'll say 27, 20. 27. Okay. So first off, I went over, Donnie went over. We both got the spread. Um, 27-20, 27-20, way closer than anybody else has said. At oh, one point, really? I'm pretty sure Donnie's score was thirty-three to nine. Um, that's how big of a blot he expects oh, it. I'll say okay. mine was thirty-three to ten. I do expect this to just be an awful game, like I, and not even so much due to injuries or due to mismatches or whatever. Just the fact that, like, it's Sunday night football. Heinz Field is going to be rocking. This defense is going to go absolutely nuts. And once they do, it's over. Like, you can't tell Geno Smith and Alex Collins, hey, guys, look at I get that the defense just scored a touchdown, and you guys have gone three and out three times in a row now. But, you know, best effort. Put it back out there. Yeah. I don't think that could happen. I think at some point this is just bad.
1: Yeah, man, I, I, I don't know. It's going to be tough. I mean, Gino's making this, what, first start in like four years or something like that? I mean, um, been around the yeah. game for a long time. I and mean, he's a vet now, former first-round pick. But it's going to be a tough – I just think it's a tough game. I, I really do. I, I think the Seahawks probably score like once late to kind of make it look a little closer than it was. But um, if the Steelers – I think the Steelers had, currently have like a 21% chance of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If they have any hope of making the playoffs or even thinking of themselves as a playoff contender, you gotta win this game. Got to win this game. No Russell Wilson, you. like nope, and even other guys like on Seattle, their best players are banged up. Like no Chris Carson, mm-hmm. DK Metcalf didn't practice yesterday with a foot injury he's been dealing with for a couple of weeks. Bobby Wagner's been limited uh, with a knee injury. Like, even their other best players that may play aren't going to be 100%. So, I just think think that the Steelers are a better team. Uh, Maybe that's me just being um, too recency biased um, over what we saw (laughs) last week. But, man, I just – I think that the Steelers have an advantage here. Um, Pretty clear cut.
0: So. Pretty clear cut. I don't think it, a swing game is a weird word because if the Steelers lose this game, it's like it's they pack it up. Yeah, it's like there's no seasons me. done. Season. It's not a swing game. It's a you win this or you're done. You either get yourself back not. in the saddle or hang it up.
1: And it's not even to me like you know that it would be. I mean, it'd be very statistically improbable to come back from two and four to make the playoffs. But oh yeah, For me, it's just if you can't beat Geno Smith at home and yeah. probably. Then you don't start to make the playoffs anyway. No. I mean, that's just kind of the way that I the way that I see it. I don't I wouldn't look at them as a playoff team if they lost this game, regardless. So
0: I don't know if I, I many think, people look at them as a playoff happen. team right now.
1: Yeah. I think it's gonna happen. I, I think they'll win Sunday.
0: 33 to 10, 27, 20. We'll see what happens. Either way, take the spread. SI Sportsbook, take the over. Make sure you check it out. Shout out to uh Dad Chad of the Mad Chad Sports Show. Did I get that one right? Mad Chad and Eddie. Mad Chad and Eddie um, over at DK Pittsburgh Sports uh, Podcast Collection. You can check them out there. Congrats on the jersey win, my friend. Um, Mm -hmm. Everybody, make sure to enjoy Sunday Night Football, a whole day, a whole day filled with the beautiful game of football that ends with the best team in the league, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Check them out. Make sure to have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday.